Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Amen, amen. What a great day. What a great day. You know, some people, I think, are just born knowing what they want to do with their lives. Maybe you're that kind of person. I have friends who knew they wanted to be a doctor from the time they were a little kid. Some who knew they wanted to be a nurse. Thank you, Austin. They knew they wanted to be a fireman, a policeman, whatever. They had this, this, they just knew what they wanted to be. I was not one of those people, were you? I mean, those kind of people almost annoyed me. They're just like, hey man, I'm just passionate about this, and this is what I'm going to be, and I, this is my third career, and it's my favorite one, don't get me wrong. But I, I was raised, to, I went to engineering school, and I became a salesman, and then I was called into ministry. I'm so grateful for the journey that God has had me on, but not all of us are born with this just this passion to do something, right? Some great thing that we're going to do in our lives. Sometimes we have to be on a journey constantly. At a family gathering not long ago, one of uh, our kids or in-laws said something like this, I, I don't know how anyone uh, does a job that they really are not passionate about. And my no-nonsense son-in-law that you know very well, Greg Davis, said something like this. He said, you know, probably because they wanted to feed and clothe their family. I mean, passion is great, but if you don't know what you're going to do, you kind of need to figure that out, right? And we have this thought in our mind that we've, we've got to constantly think about, what am I here for? What am I really trying to accomplish? I remember thinking as a kid, you know, my... The goal is to grow up and get married and have a family so those kids can grow up and get married and have a family so those kids can grow up and... Well, who actually does anything, right? Who actually accomplishes anything? What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose? What is the meaning of life? I want to talk to you about that today. We're in a series called Walking in the Light, and it stems from our study in, on Easter Sunday, we thought about what is it that we have in Jesus. And we, we talked about the forgiveness of sins. Last week, we talked about the security we have in Jesus. He holds on to us. We're His sheep. We hear His voice. And today, I want to talk to you about the purpose that we have in Jesus. It's interesting if you kind of look into what people say is the meaning of life or what, the, what really matters. There's a psychologist in psychology today Uh, Mike Brooks, he says this, we exist to continue to exist. We've evolved to evolve. Each day our purpose is to strive to be a little bit better than the day before and to continue this evolutionary process throughout our lifetime. Is that it? We just exist to exist? My goal is to take another breath, and I know some days it feels that way, right? I just want to wake up on the right side of the grass. You know, I just want to survive another day. We can feel that way. But is that really what God has called us to? Is that all there is to life? Is just existing to continue to exist? That brilliant uh, actor and action star bodybuilder Arnold Schwarzenegger, he said it's a little different. He said this. He said, the meaning of life is not simply to exist, to survive, but to move ahead, 
to go up, to achieve, to conquer. The meaning of life is to continue to, to make progress, to, to just continue to, to win battles, to get better. It's, it's that constancy we have in life. And to be sure, you, you feel better when you have a success, don't you? But is there really meaning in that? Is that really accurate? Uh, the Dalai Lama says, I believe that purpose of life is to be happy. To be happy. I just want to be happy. Don't infringe on my happiness. I just want to be happy. doesn't give a lot of meaning, though, does it? And it kind of feels a lot of... It's pretty self-centered, doesn't it? I like what John Piper says, author and pastor John Piper. He makes a little bit of an adjustment to an old 17th century creed. He says, The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. Piper says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Are you satisfied in Him? Do you find your joy, your meaning, your purpose in Him? Psalm 1611 you know, says that at, his, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 17.4 says delight, and I love that word, delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. It's that God-focused life that starts to begin to give us meaning. But I think one of the best places in the Scripture that we can see really what we're supposed to be all about, where we're supposed to fit, how our life is to be lived that, that has meaning and purpose is John 15 verses 1 through 11. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. As we look at how Jesus sees us in relationship to him and what our purpose is. It's an extended metaphor that Jesus shares with his disciples in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there, you turn your device on, you can look at the screens. John 15, beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Let's pause there. Jesus says, I am the true vine. I'm the real vine. I'm the real thing. I'm what you really want. There's a lot of false vines out there, aren't there? There's a lot of other places that claim to give you life, to give you purpose, to give you meaning, and they're not necessarily all bad. They're just not the true vine. They're going to disappoint you at some point. People think, I'm going to get my life from my relationship, my wife, my husband, a future relationship. I'm going to get my life and my sense of well-being and my sense of purpose from my career, from my job. I'm going to get my life and my purpose from an avocation, something that I just love to do and be a part of. I'm going to get my, my life to whatever. There's all kinds of vines that seem to give life, but don't really give life. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And he says, my father is the vine dresser or the gardener. And the vine dresser or the gardener does this. He says, every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He says, listen, if you're not producing fruit, if a branch isn't producing any fruit, the vine dresser gets rid of that branch because it's just taking up resources. 
And it's taking away a position that some other branch could take. And it needs to be taken out of the way. And my Father takes away those branches. Oh, but for the ones that produce, here's what my Father does. He prunes them. He removes the things that are maybe even good things, but things that are in the way of this branch producing all the fruit that it could produce. It's interesting that the Greek word here for uh, prune also has a sense of a meaning of to cleanse. I love that picture. The Father comes along to His branches and He cleanses the things that are in the way. He gets rid of the things that are in the way so that the branch can produce more than it ever could have produced otherwise because of the Father's activity. Let me just pause for a moment here. Is God taking something out of your life that you really liked? Maybe it was an activity. Maybe it was a friend or a relationship. Maybe it's someone you love dearly, but they weren't really in position to help you be all that God wants you to be. And wasn't it, it was maybe limiting your, your, your attention, uh, your focus. Maybe God needed to prune that out of your life, to cleanse that out of your life so that you could be even more productive. Has, has that happened to you? I want you to be encouraged that when God removes something from your life and you're connected to the vine, you're a branch, and you're being productive, it's to give you opportunity for more production. I have a dear friend who's experienced a lot of loss in his life. Uh, He's lost a couple of children. He's lost a wife uh, to cancer. Uh, But God has made him incredibly productive as a result of that. He has blessed so many people because of all that he's been through. And all that God was able to cleanse out of his life. Just beware. The Father prunes. And sometimes we look at him, God, why did you why did you take this away? He said, Listen, I want because I want to produce more fruit through you. I want to produce more fruit through you. Verse three. Jesus says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Interesting verse, and it's kind of like thrown in there in the middle. What does that mean? Well, the question you have to answer is, who is Jesus talking to here? This teaching takes place in an extended teaching following the original Lord's Supper. This is Jesus' last week on earth. This is very likely Thursday night. And Jesus is teaching his disciples after Judas has already left to betray Jesus. So it's very likely only the 11 that are there. And matter of fact, we hear from four of the disciples during this teaching section, from Philip, the other Judas, uh, from Thomas and Peter. They're saying something, asking questions in this teaching. So Jesus is talking to those who prove to be true disciples. And he's saying to them, true followers, he said, listen, you are already clean. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Because of what Jesus has taught them, because what Jesus has shared with them, they're already clean. They're already followers of His. They've already been cleansed. It's important for us to see that as we talk about branches. You know, I love to think about the fact if you're a follower of Jesus, you're living this repentant life, you're clean before Him. Do you know that? You are 
clean before him. No one can come to you and say, yeah, but you did this. I saw you did this. The accuser doesn't have any place before Jesus because he said, I paid for that. I covered that. That no longer exists. I don't want us to ever lose sight of that fact. You are already clean before him. Verse 4. Now, this is really the heart of this text. Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. The idea here, the central theme of this section is this abide. Jesus is saying, abide in me. Live in me. To abide, well, what does that mean? It means to stay. And notice, notice the... Almost passivity of that, right? It's, I'm going to live in a place with you, Jesus. I'm going to stake my life in where you are, Jesus. I'm going to be with you. You know, to abide, it means to live in a position to receive resources from Jesus that you can use to generate fruit. To live in a position to receive resources from Jesus that you can use to generate fruit. I love that picture. Are you in position? Are you living in a position to receive from Jesus so that you can produce fruit? And it's interesting that when you abide in Jesus and when a, vine, when a branch is connected to the vine, it naturally produces fruit. That's just a normal part of what it does. It doesn't have to sit there and think about, I've really got to try to make fruit. I've really got to work on my fruit production. It just naturally flows out of that person. It's kind of like if you go to a movie that was just awesome. And you can't help talking about it to somebody, can you? It's natural and normal because it's fun to tell them about it. And also you want them to have the same experience. Or maybe you went on a great trip or, or had a great, went out to a great meal. And you just, it's normal for you to talk about that with people that you love. I want you to, I want you to have my joy as well. It's a normal part of our lives when we abide in Jesus to tend to produce fruit. It's just what normally and naturally happens. But notice what happens to those who don't produce fruit. Three times in this passage, in these three verses alone, and then once up in verse uh, uh, 2, we see what happens to those who don't produce fruit. And again, these are most likely, and I think clearly, people who are followers of Jesus but have ceased to produce fruit or never produce fruit. Here's what their life is like. First, they cannot bear any fruit by themselves. If you're trying to do this by yourself, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to see people's life change. You're not going to be able to take in the resources of Jesus and give it to someone else and see them develop. You can't bear fruit. It's a very sad place to be, really. And he goes on to say, you can do nothing. He says, apart from me, 
you can do nothing. Do you believe that? Because it feels like in our culture today, most people feel like they're doing a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that seems to matter. But Jesus says, apart from me, you can really do nothing of value at all. Remember, remember the Bible says that um, the righteousness of man is like filthy rags. You say, well, I I can do all kinds of good stuff. I can help people. Listen, apart from Jesus, it's not really going to matter. Reduce no fruit. You can do nothing. And then... It says they will wither and be gathered and used for fuel for the fire. When you don't abide in Jesus, when you're finding another vine, or you're abiding away from Jesus, what happens is you begin to wither. You know, you can cut down a palm frond today or maybe pick one up that a storm knocked off, and it looks good, doesn't it? Most of them, if, if, you, if you cut one off that's really doing well, it, it, it stays green for a while. You can't tell that it's been disconnected from the tree right away. Oh, but you can eventually, can't you? It starts to wither. And that's what happens to us when we get disconnected from the vine. We don't lose our identity. We don't cease to become his sheep, but we begin to wither. And we begin to be seen as really... Your spiritual vitality is gone. You become dry. And, and Jesus in the metaphor says that it, you're really just good for to be gathered up and used for fuel for the fire, which has some value, but it's certainly not the value that the branch was ever meant to have. It's not a good place to be. We're missing on the purpose that Jesus has for, you, for us. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So get this, there's four things that happen when we do abide in him, right? First of all, we bear fruit. Well, what is fruit? Well, fruit is what God produces in and through you by what he gives you. So when you start to see your ability, when you start to see people's lives change as a result of what God is pouring through you, that is fruit. You start to see people have an interest in Christ, maybe in your workplace. You start to see your children begin to have interest in spiritual things. You start to see things around you changing somewhat, right? There should be some fruit that's flowing as a result of what's flowing through you. There should be some level of fruit. And in your own life, you should at least have the fruit of the Spirit, right? The Spirit's in me. It should be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, Ephesians, I mean, Galatians chapter 6. There should be spiritual fruit happening in our lives. There should be fruit, but also we should be um, bringing glory to God. Verse 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. You know, we bring glory to all sorts of things. Man, I love Florida, or man, I I love this cruise, or I love that trip, or I I love that. We should bring glory to the one who deserves glory. It's incredibly meaningful and purposeful to bring glory to God. 
To say, you are great. You are beyond great. You're more amazing than I can imagine. That our life points to Him as great. He is glorified when we're connected to the vine. But look up there in verse 7. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. One of the things that happens when we abide in Jesus is our prayers get answered. How is your prayer life? You see, if I abide in Him and His words abide in me, I'm going to be praying for the things that He already wants to do. I'm going to be producing the fruit He already wants to produce. So when you're abiding in Him, you will start to see your prayer life get very, very effective. You're going to be praying for things and releasing God's power in areas he already, wants to, he already wants to release it. And you're going to see things happen that you never could have seen before when we're connected to the vine. So there's fruit. We bring God glory. Our prayer life gets really exciting. And also we get very secure in understanding who we are. He says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. We talked about security last week. When fruit is flowing through your life, you get really confident that I belong to Jesus. Because he's doing in you what only he can do. And that's an amazing, amazing feeling. This is what it means to be connected to the vine, to abide in him. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So how do I do this? Right? How do I live a life that's abiding in Him? He says, listen, you need to abide in my love. And really what he's talking about is the great commandments. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Notice how that really fits into this metaphor. Because if I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind, I'm connected to the vine. I am receiving from Him. My whole life is hooked up into Him. He is what I love. He's what I'm passionate about with my heart, my soul, my mind. And as a result of that, I'm bearing fruit in the people that I love because I love them, people around me, people I come in contact with. I love my neighbor as myself. I want for them what I have. That's what it means to love someone as yourself. I want them to have the things that matter to me. I want them to have a relationship with Jesus. I I want in my own life, I want them to have that. It's just another way to say the Great Commission, John, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. See, some people would say that's the whole purpose, and it is the purpose. But that purpose has to be rooted in the vine. In other words, I have to love Jesus so much that I want others to have Jesus. Don't try to do the Great Commission without living out the Great Commandments. See, sometimes people will say, I just want to share Jesus, and I want to get people's name on the list. I'm going to get the box checked off. I want to get them saved, and that's it. I just want to go out there and conquer. That Okay, but if you don't love Jesus, I really don't want you talking about him. Honestly. 
it's, it's not a, something to join. It's not a club. It's, it's not fire insurance. It's a person. I want you to love Jesus, and I want you to share him with everybody else. But if you don't love Jesus, please, please, stop. Because you're selling something you don't believe in yourself. Love Jesus. Help other people love him as well. That's how you abide in the vine. I want to keep his commandment by loving him and staying hooked up with him. That's how I want to live my life. If you're going to have meaning in your life. And the results are amazing. I love this. John chapter 15 verse 11 says, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your life may be miserable. Wake up. I think sometimes that's what we think of it. No, God wants me to live a sad life, a miserable life, a non-fun life, a hard life, a life that I just go around and go, oh man, I'm following Jesus. Man, feel sorry for me. I'm denying myself of everything fun in the world. No, 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 no. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. May be full. Jesus says if you're connected to the vine and you're producing fruit, your joy is going to be full. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be thrilling. It's going to be the most joyful life you could possibly live. Sounds pretty meaningful and purposeful, doesn't it? But let me ask you, is this the kind of life you want? Is this the kind of life you want? Do you want to live as a branch connected to the vine that's producing fruit? Is that what you want your meaning to be? Are you really saying to me, Stephen, really I want a different kind of life? I don't know. Because I really thought my relationship with Jesus was about me getting what I wanted. And I really feel like when God gives me something, it's for me. We get stuck in this sometimes. Jesus, I need for you to give this to me so that I can live a certain way or so I can have what I need. And we just, it really, our prayer life becomes all about me. And honestly, there's seasons in your life when that seems like what you need to pray. And I get that, but it shouldn't be the whole part of your life. It shouldn't be your, the theme of your life. It should be, I want to receive so I can bear fruit. I want to receive from you, Jesus, so that I can bear fruit. Does that give you excitement and joy? See, sometimes we become collectors rather than conduits. Right? We collect what God wants us wants to give us so that we can just collect it and have it. We can share with people all the time. This is what I got from God. Praise God. It's great. But we don't really want to bear fruit with that. This happens, happens financially. God, all the money you gave me, that's what I'm supposed to have. Thank you very much. I'm going to enjoy it. Oh, God's giving you money to help other people, right? That's what giving's all about. That's why we give significantly. We give joyfully. We give at one of our biggest budget items should be your giving, quite honestly. If Jesus means to you what, what we say it means, is it? 
How much am I giving out? Am I thinking about every day? God, how can I bless somebody? How can I bless the people in my life? How can I give to people in my life what you've given to me? That should be our theme. You've got to want that to be a part of your life. The other way that we get this backwards is we say, I don't want to get from you and give to others. I want to be the source. I want them to depend on me. It's why we talk so much about we want to make Jesus known because we're not the ones we want you to depend on. We want you to depend on Jesus. We want you to, to connect you to him, right? That's the goal. Be careful if you're trying to be the source yourself. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Jesus wants to give you something for everyone that you come in contact with so that you're ready to share his word his message, his encouragement, a simple prayer, a warm hug, just letting people know that you care. That's all he's asking you to do. So I want to leave you with four things. First of all, when you stay connected to Jesus, he gives you something for everyone he wants you to reach. Just be ready. Be ready. When you stay connected to him, he wants to give you something for everyone. It may just be a prayer. May be some serious direction. Let me ask you, when you're going to have a conversation with someone, do you say, God, are you giving this to me or am I just what I want to say? Is this coming from you or is it just coming from me? God wants to give you something for everyone in your life that he wants you to reach. Second, meaning and purpose can only be found when you love Jesus and love fruit. You have to love Jesus and love to see fruit production. You have to be like a parent who loves their children. I want to see these children grow up and launch and do amazing things for you, Jesus. I want to see these disciples grow up and launch and do amazing things around the world for you, Jesus. That's what you have to be thinking. I love you, Jesus, and I love to produce fruit. You don't really have to try harder. You just have to invest more. Third, fruit production is a normal result of living attached to the vine. If you're not productive right now, you're not seeing these things happen in your life, take a step back. Jesus, where did I get disconnected from the vine? I want to be reattached. I want to, I want to be back in there. I know I'm a follower of yours, but I, I feel like I haven't been productive. I, I want to be attached to the vine so I can see production happen whatever that looks like. It's a normal part of being attached to the vine. Fourth, meaning in life evaporates quickly when you stop producing fruit. When there is no fruit production, pretty soon following Jesus just becomes a set of rules. It just becomes a way of life. And you miss out on the vitality that Jesus wants you to have in your life and the exciting life he wants to give you. So let me ask you, where's your connection? Where does Jesus want to connect you? Are you connected? Are you needing to reconnect? Heart, soul, and mind, is it belonging to Jesus? Is it connected to the vine? Because let me tell you, following Jesus without being connected to the vine, there's no meaning in that. There's no purpose in that. Where does he want to connect you? Maybe you need to connect with his church. Maybe you need to connect in a different way in this church. Maybe there's a place he wants to use you. Who does he want you to reach? Who's on your heart? 
Who does he want you to help develop and help along their way? It just might be an encouraging word. It might be a conversation. It might be a relationship. It might simply be helping this church function so that others can be baptized and come and worship. Helping with our children, helping with our hosting, helping with our creative team. There's all kinds of opportunities to be a part of the body, the vine that Jesus wants to create. Where do you need to connect? See, don't miss on what Jesus wants to do in your life. See, meaning and purpose in life happen when we live in the position to receive from Jesus resources that we can use to produce fruit. Don't miss what he wants to give. What's stopping you today? Anything in the way? Anything he needs to prune away? Do you need to be reattached? Maybe you need to be attached for the very first time. Say, so Steve, I, I know about God. I know about Jesus. I came in today. I don't really know where I'm at, but I, I'm wondering, is Jesus drawing me to him today to be made a branch of his, to be forgiven of my sin, to be cleansed, to belong to him, to produce his fruit? Is that where you're at today? We'd love to talk with you. Let's pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.